You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest teeth spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, just go and give us a follow on the Instagram at No Filter with Zach. Or you can always join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. I hope you are sipping on some fizzy housewives-inspired rosé for yourself, packing a punch at 13% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. It is my housewives watching wine. My pals at Elix and I created a delicious, light, crisp, fizzy rosé. It is yummy. There's less than a gram of sugar in it. And we have four fun designs that are inspired by some of my favorite, some of our favorite, iconic Housewives moments. I'm ready to flip a table. I'm ready to mention it all. Now tell me who gonna check me, boo, and I stole Kim's goddamn house. These four OG designs will be expiring next month, so I highly suggest you stock up on them now now while you can at nofilterwine.com and get ready because next month we launch our new fizzy white wine with some four new fun designs. So get ready, Freddie. You can stock up at nofilterwine.com. That is nofilterwine.com. Also, if you haven't done so yet, I hope you go this week and get your tickets to see me and Adam from Up and Adam live on tour. We have a mini, a mini tour, mini live tour that we're doing this April. We're going to be live at the Bourbon Room on April 7th, live at City Winery in Nashville on April 13th, and live at City Winery NYC on April 28th. We have three fun shows. We're actually announcing our he- or some of our headliners this Wednesday on Up and Adam Live. We're going to be go- we go live every Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. We go live on Up and Adam to recap and break down Real Housewives of New Jersey. We will be doing that this weekend, and we're going to be making some special announcements. You're going to find out uh, one of our headlining special guests uh, for our LA show and for our New York show. So you're going to want to tune in. And I'm telling you right now, if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, you're probably going to want to get them like today so that once, because I'm pretty sure once we make these announcements, like people are going to be flooding the ticket pages again. And we've already sold out twice of our VIP packages for LA. Um, I believe we have a couple, like literally maybe like a couple VIP packages left for Nashville and a a handful left for New York. Now that we've added more VIP tickets for New York, those sold, a few of them sold last week. So we have a few more. We're going to push those and actually announce actually. I wasn't supposed to say anything until Wednesday, but um, they went on sale over the weekend. So a little surprise for those of you that went and bought your tickets to New York, but get ready. We have some announcements. And today, Adam and I are announcing who our friends are. So last week, we announced that some of our friends were going to be joining us in our LA show. And that was uh, Ryan Bailey from So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, Jeff Epstein, Steve from Faces by Bravo, and comedian and YouTuber and podcast host Jolene Lunzer, who was on the show last week. We announced that they're all going to be participating in our LA show. And then in our New York show, are you ready? Are you ready? Drum roll, please. 
We have, you guys love her. You know her. She hosts the podcast Hot Takes and Deep Dives. We have Jess Rothschild. We have the host of the Dumpster Dive podcast, Tom Hamlet. We have YouTuber Richie Sky. And we have Sarah from Two Judgy Girls all in our, oh, and we have Anthony Lario. Anthony Lario, you know Anthony Lario. He like is friends with all the housewives. Um, he's also going to be in the show. So we have a very fun lineup of guests, of friends that will be at our, L- our New York show. So those are some of the special guests that will be in our New York show. We're announcing our headliners this Wednesday. And some of you probably hate me because this intro has gone on so long. But if you haven't done so yet, get your tickets at SpillingTeaLive.com. Go to SpillingTeaLive.com right now to get your tour tickets. All right, let's dive into the tea. Oh, also real quickly, Alexia from Real Housewives of Miami is on the show this Wednesday. So oh, that's all the promotions I have to do. Let's dive in. Okay, so first up, I know I did like a legal break, a, li- le- a live legal breakdown last week where we talked about Dr. Jen Armstrong. We talked about Jen Shaw and we talked about Margaret Josephs and the lawsuit against all of those three ladies. There is a new lawsuit against Erica Jane. I did not cover that on Friday, so I'm gonna cover. I'm gonna break it down here. It's really nothing new, though. So there was a um, an NFL, a late NFL star that passed away back in 2012 after repeated head trauma. Obviously, we know this is a big issue within the NFL. Lots of concussions and head trauma, and he passed away. Chuck Osborne back in 2012. His mother is now or. Tom Girardi represented their lawsuit. Kathleen is his mother. His mother, Tom uh, Girardi Keys, represented that lawsuit. Apparently, they didn't get all of their settlement money because obviously we now know that Tom Girardi wasn't paying all of his clients for settlement money. There's a new lawsuit that Kathleen has now filed, or that has been filed on her behalf with her attorney, that all that names that is coming after Erica Jane and it names Erica Girardi as one of the people that they're trying to collect from. They are suing Erica for $2.1 million that they claim she allegedly aided and abetted Tom Girardi and Girardi Keese in their embezzlement scandal. So they're saying that Erica knew, and because Erica knew, they think Erica should have to pay back that money. What does this mean for Erica? It's another lawsuit. It's not. It means a lot more legal fees. Um, her attorney, Evan C. Borges, kind of echoed the same statement that he's made several times now over the past several weeks, basically saying Erica had no, one, has no fiduciary responsibility to any of these clients, which is true, and two, that she had no dealings with Girardi Keys, which is true. We're now, what, over a year into this case? The trustee's been investigating her for over a year. We had Ronald Richards, who was on the case, He was digging through everything for the trustee before he got fired by the trustee. Didn't find anything actually incriminating because if they did, they would have collected from her by now. What else? We have, not Evan C. Borges, Evan C. Borges is Erica's attorney. We have um, Edelson, Jay Edelson, another great attorney, also coming after her. We know that the case against her that he had in Illinois, that has since been dismissed. He does plan to refile it here in California. We'll see if he actually gets anything from it. The thing is, everybody's suing her and everybody's like, we have evidence to prove that she knew. Great. Where's the evidence? Like, that's my thing. Like, when you show me the evidence, I'll believe it. And then I'll be like, okay, she's guilty. Nobody has presented any real or concrete evidence other than she must have known because she was his wife. But my thing is, and my thing has always been, and I know a lot of people hate me when I say this, but like, it's true 
Focus on the attorneys at Girardi Keys. Focus on all the lawyers that are pleading the fifth. Focus on the bookkeeper. The bookkeeper had to know where the money was going. Like, yes, Tom Girardi kept a very messy paper trail of everything that he was doing, probably intentionally, so that if he ever got caught, it was very hard to start digging through a lot of these things. Now, we do know that there was the tru- the trustee did find a trace purchase from one client's settlement account to that directly linked to a purchase of a pair of earrings that Tom Girardi purchased for his wife, Erica Girardi. Erica was still in possession of those earrings. Those earrings, once that became known that there was a direct link between the money he took from a client settlement account to pay for those earrings, which another lawyer signed off on, by the way. You don't hear that on people. You don't hear that on Us Weekly, though, do you? There was another lawyer that had to sign off on that page, on that transaction, or had to sign off to remove that money from the client trust account so that Tom could use it to purchase a pair of earrings. Erica has since given up those earrings. She hasn't given them directly to the trustee because they're still in the process. I believe they're still in discovery, and they're trying to finalize or trying to figure out all the details to be able to prove it. Obviously, in the court of law, you have to prove something in order for something to stick. So the earrings are currently in a third-party escrow, and they're in holding. And as soon as they determine whether or not the earrings belong to, or Erica can keep the earrings, and they'll give them back to Erica because it proves that that wasn't purchased with client settlement money. Or, you know, alternatively, that, you know, this was a an illegal use of the funds, and it was mismanagement of the funds, and it belongs to the trustees. That way that can be liquidated to pay back the client. I assume the client doesn't want Erica's used earrings. The client wants their money. So yeah, but the the earrings were given up. They are in a third-party escrow. So I mean, from what I've seen so far, her legal team has been cooperating when they asked for all of her books for EJ Global. All of the books will what they had was turned over. All of the books were apparently kept at Girardi Key. So the trustee already has all of the books. I mean, from what I've seen so far, everything that they've asked of Erica, everything that they've asked her to do, aside from just give them a bunch of money, her legal team has cooperated. And it does seem like a lot of these things, maybe optically and and PR-wise, they don't look amazing. But from a legal standpoint, it looks like there is a legal strategy behind it. We're just going to have to wait to see how it all plays out. But in regards to this NFL case... Like, listen, my heart breaks for Kathleen. My heart breaks for her son. Um, I think what Tom Girardi, I repeat, I think what Tom Girardi did was horrible. I wish Erica would have a little more empathy for the victims, uh, such as Kathleen, who was clearly, or who is now trying to prove the case that Tom didn't give her all of our settlement money and we're seeing based off of a pattern of history. It does look like a lot of these clients were not getting all of their settlement money, if anything. And we're going to have to wait to see how this plays out. But I don't understand how going after Erica. I mean, if anything, the only legal strategy for the plaintiff that I could see would be beneficial. They don't have any evidence. They haven't presented any evidence. Neither has Jay Edelson. Neither has the trustee, except for, you know, the link of the transaction to the earrings. But again, that doesn't prove that she knew anything. That proved that she benefited from that lifestyle and is now no longer benefiting from that lifestyle because the earrings have been turned over. But it does, now a lot of people, you can sue anybody for, every, for anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be true. It doesn't have to be a real thing. You can file a lawsuit. And so a lot of the times when it comes to like celebrities, 
these lawsuits can be cash grabs because the celeb would rather settle for some money rather than go to court and fight it and pay a bunch of legal fees. It's usually more expensive to go to court. So a lot of the times celebrities are sued in the hopes that they just settle and don't actually take anything to trial or take anything to court. That way they don't have to pay a lot more money doesn't always mean that the celebrity is necessarily guilty. It doesn't mean that the defendant is necessarily necessarily guilty. I've learned a lot about this. I even learned a lot about it by reading Margaret Joseph's book, Caviar Dreams, and she very openly speaks about the lawsuits that she's been involved in and gives context and details, because obviously the cases are now closed, but gives context and details, which explain like, oh, sometimes people just sue because they can or because they like they use it as a bullying tactic or because they just, you know, settlements don't always necessarily mean an admission of guilt. It just means we need to settle this. That way it's not more expensive down the line. So there's that. It does. So that could be a legal strategy. Maybe they don't think that they're going to get $2.1 million, but at least they, if they go after her, she's likely going to want to avoid going to court. So she'll possibly pay them some sort of settlement, which gives them some money versus waiting in line at the trustee's office, hoping that they can comb through everything and get them any money. So, I mean, I guess in a sense, like maybe it is a smart legal strategy for them, but to me, it just, it looks like a fishing expedition. I I just hate when they're, when they make accusations that like Erica knew, I mean, I guess they kind of need to do that in order to make their lawsuit seem credible or legit. But I'm just like, show me the receipts. Show me the receipts and I'll believe it. Tom Girardi is the guilty party. The lawyers at his law firm clearly knew what he was doing. That's why I think there were a lot of these like scuffles, like David Lira being, you know, prime example, him leaving, you know, Keith Griffin, another one, the California State Bar, like all these other areas that we could be focusing on to not just... There's a bigger game at play here, and the bigger game is to stop the corruption. Tom Girardi, yes, is a bad lawyer, and Girardi Keese is a terrible law firm for the thing for the way that, that clients were taken advantage of. However, there's a system that is broken, and the system is what allows lawyers and law firms like John, like Tom and like Girardi Keese to get away with this stuff. We need to be focused on taking down that system. We need to be focused on exposing the flaws within that system and then repairing it so that things like this don't continue to happen. Or if they do continue to happen, it makes it a lot more difficult and it makes it a lot easier to track so that when they do happen, the lawyers are then reprimanded and we can you know, try to catch them a lot sooner. Cash me outside, cash me outside. But there's a bigger game at play, and that is not, has nothing to do with Erica Jane, Erica Girardi, whatever, but it has to do with the system that enables, that allows lawyers to fall into the cycle where they can take advantage of their clients. That's the real fucked up part that we need to be focused on. But we'll see. Garcelle is also speaking out about Erica and why she unfollowed Erica. Apparently, she says that her and Erica have a really rocky first chunk of the season. She says that the, she says that there's a lot of drama. There's a lot of glamorous fun involved, which always sounds fun on Beverly Hills. But she says that there's a lot of drama and that the season started off rough with Erica. And she claims that there are issues that a lot of their issues later in the season do stem from the fact that she not only unfollowed Erica, but is not willing to follow her again. So it doesn't seem like the two are on the best of terms. Garcelle's like, I don't want to follow you back for whatever Garcelle's reasons are. Erica apparently has 
taken issue with the fact that Garcelle won't follow her back. Who cares if anybody follow? Like, I don't like I unfollow people all the time. I mean, and it doesn't really necessarily mean anything personal. Sometimes I follow people and then I'm like, mm, maybe I shouldn't follow them. This isn't really, you know, a good idea. And then I unfollow them like five minutes later. Sometimes I have friends that I unfollow. I, I mute like a lot of people in like my personal life and I unfollow them just because like for me, I want to make sure that my feed is very curated and it is very much things that uplift me, things that bring me joy, bring things that inspire me, things that motivate me. Um, yeah. So like you have to kind of curate your feed. Otherwise you get a lot of like noise. And when you get that noise, it's very distracting. And when you have distracting noise, it keeps you from focusing on the things that you need to be focused on, or it keeps you out of the mindset that you need to be in to make sure you're doing the things that you need to be doing and accomplishing the things that you need to be accomplishing. So I think everybody should do that. I don't care if I unfollow somebody. I don't follow some of my friends. I have a lot of them muted because sometimes they post stupid shit. I still love them. I still want to hang out with them and talk to them, but I don't always want to see the stupid shit that they post, you know? Or if, like, you go partying and clubbing all the time. Like, I don't care to see you out at a club, you know. I, like, to me, that's just not interesting. Still love you. Still going to text you all the time. I just don't need to see your shit. Like, why do I care if you're out at the, at the club? I actually don't have friends that really club. And if I do, they're probably already muted. So, and I probably don't talk to them that often. Um, if any of them are listening, which I doubt that they do. See, they don't listen to my show. Why do I fucking need to follow them on Instagram? Thank you very much. Snap, snap, pat the puss. So there's that going on with Garcelle and Arika. What else? What else? What else? Um, there, the Salt Lake City, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City finale was yesterday. Juicy, explosive. Um, Jenny throwing the glass at Mary. Feisty, feisty, feisty. Fiery, fiery, fiery. I haven't watched it yet, obviously, because I'm taping this before it's aired. But if you're listening to this, you probably already saw Salt Lake City, and I'm pretty sure it was very good. But the reunion trailer has finally dropped. We have a three-part reunion, which kicks off next week. There's a lot going on. Well, first of all, I want to say I was a little underwhelmed by the reunion trailer. It didn't really seem like Jen Shaw gets hammered or questioned the way that Erica was hammered or questioned. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot. I guess because Mary's not there. That's really the annoying part is had Mary shown up, I think we would have had a really good explosive reunion. But because Mary's not there, Meredith and Lisa Barlow in the, are in the hot seat. And I listen, I love me some Lisa Barlow. And I don't understand why everybody's getting so hellbent and, you know, guns ablazing for Lisa Barlow. I enjoy Lisa Barlow. I mean, I guess I kind of understand, but still. Don't come for Lisa Barlow. Okay. But, okay, so part of the grilling that Andy does do of Jen Shaw, it looks like Jen Shaw is revealing that she doesn't really know what the charges are. Now, again, a lot of these things are edited out of context. It was the same thing when Erica, when the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion trailer dropped, and it looked like Erica was avoiding a lot of the questions, and then we actually watched all four parts of it. And she answered a lot more than I think I was expecting or most people would have expected. I know a lot of people are like, she didn't answer anything. You were you were waiting for her to fail anyway, so I don't even care. But with Jen Shaw, again, lots of double standards, even though Jen Shaw's actually been accused of a crime and she's been arrested and is likely going to prison because things don't look good for her. Even if Jen is guilty, like let's just call a spade a spade. Even if Jen, sorry, even if Jen is innocent, okay? Let's just play in the in the land of hypotheticals because guilty until, or innocent until proven guilty. Even if she is innocent, 
she's likely still serving jail. The case against her is too strong. So even if she is innocent, she has all these other people that worked with her, alongside her, or within the business that she was dealing with, and they're all changing their pleas to guilty. She's literally the last man standing. So I'm pretty sure all these other people that are changing their pleas to guilty are either cooperating in some way, cutting some sort of deals, and you want to tell me that they're not going to bring Jen Shaw down with them? Come on. The evidence against her is pretty, it's it's pretty strong. Her trial is supposed to go, or yeah, her trial date is set for March. It might get pushed back. It's a highly likely case that it will get pushed back again because of, you know, COVID restrictions and stuff. But we shall see how that all plays out. But anyway, she, Andy is like, you're facing this many years in prison and this many years in prison with these two charges. And she's like, I I don't know. So it's likely that she doesn't want to know a lot of the details. I I would imagine, you know, kind of keeping your head up in the clouds prevents you. Like, ignorance is bliss. And so as long as her legal team is handling it, that might be some of her own, like, protection defense mechanism in some way to kind of protect herself from this, the reality, uh, the stress of it all. I don't think it'll be real to her until she's actually arrested. I don't know. It's not looking good for her and it doesn't look like she's going to give us very much at the reunion about the legal stuff. He does ask Sharif coach Shaw about it and what he knew. And if he, obviously he's not going to incriminate his wife. He's going to be like, no, I didn't know. I believe my wife. She's innocent. Like that's what we're going to get from him. That's all total deflection by the way, but we'll see what Jen Shaw actually gives us. It looks like, like I said, Lisa Barlow's in the hot seat this reunion there is a second hot mic moment because she freaked out about the first hot mic moment and now she's having a hot mic moment about the original hot mic moment and she's like you guys did that and she's like i feel like you just want to break me every day and all the women are like oh my god jen oh my god lisa barlow and then we have meredith and meredith's like i'm friends with mary what what does it matter i'm friends with mary i like mary maybe because you came after me all season jenny i don't know it doesn't look it looks good it doesn't look amazing. Like, I'm not like, oh, my God, I can't wait for the Salt Lake City reunion. To me, it was not that excited. I was more excited for the Beverly, Beverly Hills reunion. I wish it wasn't all four parts, but we'll see what we get from it. Let me know if you're, like, into the Salt Lake City reunion or you're excited about it or you were like, oh, my God, this trailer's amazing. I didn't think it was that amazing, to be honest with you. It didn't look very juicy. Like I said, Alexia from Real Houses in Miami is going to be on the podcast this Wednesday, and we talk about it all. We talk about Sherman and the the gay lover. We talk about what else do we talk about? We talk about Leah Black. We talk about the casting. We talk about Adriana. We talk about it all, and it's a really good episode. And then I believe next week or possibly the week after, we have Taylor Armstrong on the show. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills OG Taylor Armstrong is in the his house and we're going to be chatting with her. Jersey's getting good. I'm really enjoying Jersey this season. I don't know why everybody is like really upset with Marge or not upset with Marge, but like feeling guilty for Jen because this is a hot topic in our Facebook group. And if you're not in our Facebook group, then I highly suggest you join our Facebook groups that you can join these hot topic discussions. Okay. Selena in the Facebook group was like, I like Jennifer and I don't understand how it's not the same thing that Teresa did last season, what Margaret's doing this season about bringing up a rumor at a party. 
And people are like, well, it's more damaging for Jen because it was actually real. And, you know, at least Teresa just shared a rumor, but she didn't share something that was actually true. It's like it's even worse that Teresa shared something that's not actually true because then you plant a seed that's not real. Bill really did. He actually cheated on Jennifer. Like, listen, I feel bad for Jen. I do. I love Jen. I've openly spoken about how how much I love Jen and how much I enjoy her on Real Housewives of New Jersey. But Jen does like to run her gums. She likes to really talk up a game. We saw that she was digging up dirt or like being a little nosy into the rumors with Evan, which further perpetuate the rumors with Evan and keep it alive. And if she would have found something, you know damn well Jen would have revealed it. And that's what we love her for is that she's messy like that. However, the difference is Teresa last season went to Evan's party, was at Evan's party, his birthday party with all of his friends and all of his family. And she went around talking about Evan behind his back and behind Jackie's back. She never said this to Jackie directly. It'd be one thing if she came up to Jackie and she's like, look, I heard this rumor. I just want you to know that this is going around just so that you know, so you can shut it down or you can address it or whatever the case may be. This is what the situation is. Teresa didn't do that. Teresa went and gossiped at Evan's birthday party behind his and Jackie's back. And it was it was not a true rumor. Like, there was no evidence to support it. It was a rumor. Apparently, it's been a rumor around Jersey for a while, but there was no truth to it, which makes it all the more damaging because now it plants the seed and now it makes it look like Evan is cheating on Jackie. Now, when it comes to what Margaret did, Margaret did not go behind Jennifer's back and talk about this affair behind Jennifer's back. Margaret went directly to Jennifer and was like, hey, you keep saying that you have a perfect marriage and it's a lie and I'm tired of you being phony on camera because we all know this and we've known this for many years. All of the women have known about it. They've known about it for a really long time, but they didn't bring it up. But yet Jen kept coming and she kept coming and she kept coming and she kept throwing the jabs and throwing the jabs and throwing the jabs. So this was more in retaliation. Jackie didn't really do anything to Teresa to to get some sort of reaction from or retaliation from Teresa for Teresa to come and reveal this rumor. Jen had constantly come at Margaret, constantly come at Margaret, constantly come at Margaret. Some people are like, well, Margaret was the one that cheated and then she bragged about it. Yes, that's true. So yes, to an extent, she's allowed to, she opened herself up to that sort of criticism for sure. But when you have skeletons in your closet, you can't go poking at other people's marriages because if they find out, then what makes you think that they're not going to reveal that about your marriage? Especially when you come on the scene and you're celebrating what a great marriage you have and how great Bill is. And maybe that's true because this was something that happened a very long time ago. But you can't go digging up other people's skeletons and calling people trying to find dirt on Evan when your husband has dirt on him. And yes, I know the kids are young and that's unfortunate, but I think Margaret was right in her confessional where she was like, listen, I didn't do this to Jen's family. Bill did this to Jen's family. Again, let's stay focused on the husband that cheated, on the husband that had the wrongdoing. Now he has to address it. You know, I know she's like, oh, it sucks because his family's upset with him and his friends are disappointed in him. Well, hello, that's not Margaret's fault. That's your husband's fault for cheating. He made a mistake. He has to be held accountable for that mistake, especially since you decided to come on a reality show. That's the unfortunate part. You guys agreed to do this and you knew that things could come out. You still did it. Now you have to reap the... the, the I actually think had she not been so hell-bent on 
throwing jabs at the other women, I don't think they would have outed her affair. At least not the women she's currently on the cast with because they've known about it for a while and they've never said anything. They've protected Jen until eventually Jen pushed too far. And now here we are. So I definitely think, I mean, I didn't love the comment that Marge made about the kids and just send them to therapy. I mean, was she wrong? No. <laughs> was it a good thing to say? No. But yeah, I'm enjoying Jersey this season. What else do we have? We have OC. OC's good. I mean, I know I hated Noella originally, but I actually see what she's bringing to the show. And I see that she's actually making an interesting show, a compelling show that makes us kind of want to watch Emily and Gina are like kind of fun to watch. Shannon is very lost in the mix. Heather Dubrow is really trying to act like the queen bee. And the way everyone's kind of just like bending over and kissing her ass makes it seem like she is. I like that Noella at least is kind of causing some sort of friction. We're starting to get more of Dr. Jen and Ron and their marriage issues. And I know some people are speculating that they're not together anymore because she hasn't posted a photo with him since, what, December, I believe was the last photo of Ron that she posted. I mean, granted, it's only been, what, like six, seven, possibly eight weeks. Is it possible that you can post on your feed without sharing about your husband? Sure. And things are still fine? Sure. Like, that's within the realm of possibility. Absolutely. So, but there is speculation that they might have split up. Also, we know that the there's the case against her with Dr. Lee, her the physician that lost his license, that she's been accused by a former patient of hiring him to do work on her patients. And obviously, he doesn't have a license, so he isn't supposed to be practicing medicine or supplying her with any sort of like uh, Botox or filler or anything. I was going through some of the legal documents over the weekend and it's hard because I keep going back and forth and I'm like, oh, but these accusations, like this looks crazy and there are text messages and there's Telegram and there's all this stuff that doesn't look good and it looks like some shady shit and now there's like a penis injection for a penile enlargement because somebody that worked for Dr. Jen wanted a bigger dick. I, I'm surprised that we're only talking about the Botox, the non-FDA approved Botox and filler, which I believe is just international Botox and filler. From what I've, from people that I've talked to, I, I again, I'm still going through the legal documents myself. I believe from what I was told, it was Korean Botox. I'll dive deeper into the, the paperwork because there's a lot of documents that I've been sent. Um, but... It looks like there was somebody that used to work for Dr. Jen that is now working with the uh, the federal. What, what I mean, the the state, the U.S. He's working with the U.S. in the case against Lee, Doctor Lee. I mean, I I, feel, I know last week I wasn't really calling him Doctor Lee because I was like, well, he's technically not a doctor anymore because he lost his medical license. But then his legal team in the doc in the in the paperwork in the documents, they're like, well, he's technically still a doctor because he got his MD. So the same way somebody that gets a PhD can call themselves doctor, he can technically still call himself doctor. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's a practicing medical doctor. Putting MD at the end of his name, I think, is what he's maybe not allowed to do anymore, but I mean, you can still kind of call him doctor. I mean, Dr. Phil's not a, a doctor, but we call him Dr. Phil. So there's that argument. So I'm like, okay, we can call him Dr. Lee. At least, you know, it's just weird being like Mr. Lee. He can technically be called Dr. Lee, but 
he like there's all the evidence that is presented against him but then his lawyers like are like what that's taken out of context and this is what that really means and I'm like oh who do I believe like I'm at this like tug of war because they make some really good compelling arguments I'll dive deeper into it I want to go through all the legal stuff and then maybe we'll do like a full dedicated episode into it because it is very messy and it doesn't look good but it also is like okay I'm at like it's someone's what I can say about this whole mess is somebody is lying there is definitely someone that is lying or really trying to stretch the truth. There are former employees of Dr. Jen's that are coming out against him, and now she's being dragged through the mud as a result. But yeah, long story short, there was a dude that wanted a penile implant. And Dr. Lee was like, yeah, I'll give you a penile implant. Well, but again, context details, because Dr. Lee's like, well, I never said that I would give him the penile implant, but I said that I know somebody that would help me do it for you. But then there are like the transactions and then there's switching from text message to telegram, which we know is encrypted. That's like what Jen Shaw was doing. That's why it looks like Jen Shaw is guilty because she went from regular text message to then once the Fed started investigating, then we moved to encrypted message that couldn't be tracked, traced, or, you know, replicated, distributed. I don't know. But can't you still like screenshot stuff? I feel like you can still screenshot encrypted messages i don't know i think you can because i feel like i have like one of those apps that i think is supposed to be encrypted i don't really know and i feel like i've screenshotted it or maybe i didn't screenshot i don't know idc Uh, well not idc idk idk but anyway yeah it's it's juicy we'll dive into it further now i just feel like i'm rambling but there wasn't a lot of tea this week i mean we'll Talked about a lot of the tea last week with Jolene, and then we had the legal deep dive on Friday, so there wasn't a whole ton to break down this week after this weekend. Well, there's the Kim and Kanye stuff. If anybody cares more about the Kim and Kanye stuff, we can dive into it, because a lot of people are feeling like really mixed emotions about all of it, because they're like, this is... I saw someone post today on, I think, the Juicy Scoop Facebook group about how this is what... OJ was like back in his day and this is how you know his wife ended up getting killed because OJ was obsessed the same way Kanye's obsessed so they're trying trying to compare it and trying to say that like Kim's in a really dangerous situation because Kanye seems really unhinged and then other people are like no it's not that deep he has a documentary he has a new album he's literally just trying to drum up some press because he's smart and that's why he's calling Pete Davidson skeet and then there are the rumors that Corey Gamble and Kris Jenner are no longer together that they've broken up And I don't know if they're directly related to the Kanye stuff because I know there were also rumors that Corey was caught cheating or he was caught with doing some stuff with another woman. And that may be why they're over. But there is the rumor that Corey Gamble and Kris Jenner are donezos. And it may be somehow linked to Kanye. Maybe he's like, I'm done with Kanye. Peace out or what. But Kanye did say that he loves Kris Jenner and she's like the best part of that Kardashian family. It's all very messy and very it's a lot. And it's wildly entertaining. But I hope he's not as crazy as OJ. And I hope nothing happens to Kim. And I hope her safety is not in jeopardy. And I just hope he gets off social media. Because I was talking about this with somebody yesterday. About how I get how he's like, I don't want my kids on social media. I don't want North on TikTok. Cool. I get it as a parent. You like want to make sure that your kids are safe. I get that. However... How is this helping your kids? Like when you're posting a screenshot of North and being like, how do I get cut? Like I need help in my divorce because my kids are on TikTok against my will. Like that further exploits your children. 
and doesn't help your custody battle against your ex-wife or soon to be ex-wife because from what I hear he hasn't he's doesn't want to sign the divorce papers like he's rejecting Kim's petition to file for divorce which could eventually just let it go to default I don't know I guess I may want to have like Emily D Baker back on to talk about all of this maybe to break down more of the Jen Armstrong stuff and to talk about the Kim and Kanye divorce stuff. Maybe we get a divorce attorney. Would that be fun? Let me know in the comment below if you actually want to further dive into the legalities of the Kim and Kanye divorce. Some people are really into it. Some people aren't. Let me know because we have the Kardashians that's coming up on Hulu that drops, I believe, April 14th. So yeah, I'm ready for it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Get it. Get it. And and throw them hips, girl. Boom, 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 boom. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Fields with Zach Peter. As I revealed on Book Club last week, and I believe on last week's Thursday Night Live, I we're taking a break from Book Club. We finished Margaret Joseph's book, which are all, the recaps are all available on YouTube. The recaps for Lala Kent's book are up there. The recaps for Noel Diamonds and Rosé are up there. The recaps for Erica Jane's Pretty Mess book are up there. So Book Club was fun. But at least between now and getting through the tour, we're going to take a little break. We may bring Book Club back like in April for Stassi's books. I feel like of all the books that are coming out, Stassi's might be the most interesting for us to break down and dissect. So stay tuned for that. But we are going to take a little pause on Book Club just to like, you know, preserve my sanity. But if you haven't done so yet, go and get your tickets to see me and Adam live. We're going to be in L.A. Like I said, we have Ryan Bailey, Steve from Faces by Bravo. We have Jolene Lunzer. We have Jeff Epstein all at our L.A. show on April 7th. And then we are going to Nashville with Emily D. Baker on April 13th. And then we're going to be in April. We're going to be in New York April 28th with Jess from Hot Takes and Deep Dives, Anthony Lario, DJ Richie Sky. So go get your tickets at SpillingTLive.com. Follow me at Just Plain Zach and at No Filter with Zach. And I will talk to you guys Wednesday. Love you. Mean it. Bye.